0: Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. So, this is something that we can hear in this time concerning God's presence and concerning our finances. He says, Let your character or your moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he himself has said... I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So God will not relax His hold on you in this time. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Okay, so let our hearts be free from fear of lack. Let our hearts be free from the love of money, but let our hearts be completely open. To him who said. (laughs) So the word speaking is what our hearts need to be open to. We need to turn our attention to him who said. I will not in any way leave you, nor forsake you, nor relax my hold on you, or let you down. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you. So God will grab you, a hold of you, even tighter. In this time. And what we need to learn to do is to turn our attention to Him who said and let His words do a work in us. Uh, So when we try to save ourselves, is when we get fear because we look at our circumstances, we look to everything around us. But when we look to Him, there's no fear. Perfect love casts out. All fear. When we look to Him, we're not distracted with uh, desires of this world, with greed, with anything like that, because He is the fulfilling one. He fulfills everything that that we are. So He has made us joint heirs with Himself. Okay, He's the heir and lawful owner of all things. You know this. Hebrews one, and Romans chapter eight says we are. Sons, and therefore we are heirs, joint heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. That means everything that he has is yours. Everything that he has is yours. So let us turn to him who said, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not relax my hold on you. Say, oh Lord, everything I have is yours. I know everything you have is mine. I don't trust in what is mine. I trust in you who said. You will not leave me or forsake me. I open my heart and I trust. You will see God's provision flow in this time um, like, like you haven't seen it before. All right. So you, he provides for you on the grounds of the connection that we have, the, the covenant or uh, which is in the form of a testament. Uh, your sonship is your connection with God. You believe in him. He's given you the power to become a son. And because you are a son you're an heir and if you're an heir you have the kingdom if you are an heir you have the Holy Spirit if you're an heir you have an heir you have everything that he is and everything that he owns and everything that he has all right so I hope this blesses you so let's put our trust in him who said and do not like Proverbs chapter 3 says um, trust in lean on rely on the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path all right so uh let us be busy with the things of the lord okay so if i am busy with the things of the lord uh it's it's so much easier for me to trust that he will fulfill his word that he promised i will not leave you helpless i will I will supply your every need. All right. May God supply your every need. I pray for an abundant harvest. I pray for multiplication of resources. I pray for contracts to come through. I pray for new business to come in in this time. We've had so many testimonies, wow, coming in from people prospering, um, from breakthroughs, from people um, being blessed in this time. Uh, Impossible situations being turned around after prayer. So we praise god for that so may you receive your economic breakthrough right now may you receive what you need to prosper in this time in jesus name may you receive it right now in jesus name may you receive uh, turn your attention to him who said (laughs) receive the word receive your breakthrough receive the power to prosper it is him who gives us power to get wealth amen all right so i hope you are blessed And uh, please, uh, if you have any testimonies, just uh, write it in the comment section. Or if you don't want to do that, just send us a message on WhatsApp or on the um, Facebook Messenger or on the chat on YouTube. So whatever way you choose, please send your testimonies and please send your prayer requests. We would love to pray for you. If you have any financial uh, difficulties, we would love to stand with you and pray with you. Please send your prayer requests amen amen all right so (laughs) are you ready for the word i hope i am (laughs) so um i even have a few i even have a few notes you can't probably see what's on this page um it's just a few scriptures that's connected in my heart so uh, we'll see what comes out okay so uh, i trust god to speak to us today um I trust god for revelation so i don't know who of you uh watched the devotions this week when i spoke about um looking into the glass or looking into the mirror and seeing deeper and into the face of jesus in in building the glory of god so um those messages are uh, a pretext for what i'm going to say today so i want to um to quickly recap i've got the board here again so i just want to quickly recap a few things so we need to be uh looking in the right place for revelation if we're looking looking in the wrong place or looking at the in the right place in the wrong way (laughs) uh we we will not see but when we look in the word through a glass the face of jesus christ we will see okay so Uh, let me just recap a few, a few things. I'll try and do it as short as I can, and then we can go on to what I want to say today. All right. So I hope you're ready. Okay. Didn't you enjoy the worship? I think that was just great. Right. That was just awesome. Okay. So here's my chalk so get ready we're going to go into the word today okay so it's about knowing god and to be known of him first corinthians chapter 13 Uh, i want to see clearly face to face i want to be known as i am known or, or as as i know him Okay, so it's a, it's a double way uh, communication of, of total revealing of the heart. So God wants to be completely transparent. He wants to reveal all the secret mysteries that's in himself. And he wants to reveal all the hidden things to us. We need to look when he does it. And when we look the glory comes to us and shines in us and we need to be open to be able to receive it if we are not open to be able to receive it it matters nothing what he's doing for us if we don't believe if if we don't receive the word it it's it's as if it never happened if our hearts are not receptive to his words all right so uh, I pray that God gives me wisdom to speak and to put everything together. Okay, so let's start at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. He says, you know the whole story. I'll start in verse 15, down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts and minds. So I'll just, I'll just put the tablets of stone there. Okay. So there's tablets made of rock, made of stone. Okay, a veil, whenever a person turns, okay, whenever a person reads Moses, there's a veil on their hearts and minds. But whenever a person person turns in repentance to the Lord, I'm just going to draw a picture of a face. Uh, This is not mocking Jesus. This is just my inability to make, there's a crown to make uh, a drawing. Okay, there's a crown. Okay, so at least he's smiling. Okay, so (laughs) can you see it? There's there's a face. Okay, so we need to turn from the law. Our attention used to be there. We need to turn and behold the face. We need to turn to the Lord. Um, The veil is stripped off and taken away, so there's no veil. And now uh, it says, um, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's is liberty. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. This is the Spirit. Now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, I want to just drop a few things here. Um, the tablets, if you read in Exodus. Um, it was made of, firstly, God made. God brought living oracles to Moses that God cut out of the, of the mountain, of the rock, and God wrote it, and God polished it, and God gave it to Moses. And when Moses came down to the people, they were worshiping a calf, and he broke those oracles. Okay, so they said to Moses, Moses, you must speak to God. We can't bear to listen to him. We don't want to hear him. We don't want to see him. You go. So they wanted to be behind a veil. They couldn't bear. They were too afraid. They couldn't bear looking to him. And so they sent Moses. So Moses went up the mountain and he he saw God face to face, Exodus chapter 34. So He spoke to God face to face. So God said to him, bring the living oracles. When he he came down, they were worshiping a calf. So he broke it. So God later gave him another command and he said, you now cut out rock and you write it. You chisel it out. Okay. So this wasn't living oracles done by the hand of God. This was the law. Okay. Okay. So whenever God is in something, it gives life. It brings life. So uh, now there's a lot of assumption in what I'm saying, but I just want you to see certain patterns. Okay. So um, this rock, Jesus is the rock of ages, but he's the light of the world. So from the inside of this rock, which is Christ, Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the rock that was split open and the water gushed out. He said the, the, they all drank from the same spiritual rock, from the same spiritual water that came from the spiritual rock, and the rock was Christ. So Christ was a rock. So God first gave tablets taken out of that rock. All right. Now from within that rock shines light. So it's translucent. So Exodus 31 says you could, write, you could you see the writing on both sides. So it's, you, you can look through it. But this one, you could only see it on, on the one side. It, was, it wasn't translucent. You can't see through it. There's no transparency. All right. So uh, the point being made, if, if, if this confuses you, forget it. Okay. This is the point. If you look to the law of Moses, you see stone. And you may, if the stone is polished, you may see a surface reflection of your own face. But you don't see into it to see a glory revealed. So Moses saw face to face, but he put a veil over his face. So when the Israelites gazed on the face of Moses, they only saw the surface. They didn't saw the glory revealed deeper in it. So they didn't really care about the one speaking the words. They just said, okay, give us the commands. We will do it. They they just wanted the information. They wanted the surface. They didn't want Anything deeper. And their hearts were hardened against God. I mean, you can read it right through. Uh, Especially Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4 speaks of them. Uh, It says, God says, today if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as did the Israelites in their rebellion when they tempted God in the desert. And they didn't want to believe that they could go into the promised land. They were not united in faith with the believing Joshua and Caleb who said that they can go in. If God said we can take the land, we can take the land. So they said no. So they had to walk 40 years around the mountain in the desert until all of them died. And the next generation went with Joshua and Caleb into the promise. Those who believed. All right. So those... Whose hearts were opened so that the words could enter, so that the light could shine in. All right, so there was a glory revealed in the law, and the glory was in the face of Moses. But that glory was to fade and pass away. You know the story, I've said it millions of times. Okay, but now there's another glory revealed. That's the abiding glory, the ever-increasing glory. And it is not revealed through the tables of stone. It is revealed through the Spirit. It's a spiritual ministry. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. He says, uh, It is Him who has qualified us to be ministers and dispensers of a New Testament of the Spirit. Uh, and, and He says, For... And not, not of the legally written code, for the code of the law kills, but the Spirit makes alive. And then he says, if the dispensation of death engraved in letters on stone, verse 7, uh, came with glory, how much more, how much greater would be the glory of the Spirit? This spiritual ministry used to, ask it used to cause men to, to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit. How much greater must be the glory? Glory revealed by the Spirit. Alright, so now it speaks of these two. The one is Moses, and the one is Jesus. And Jesus has a face. And 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 says, it's the uh, glory as it is revealed in the face Of Jesus Christ so the glory in the face of Moses was a glory that was to fade and pass away and it was behind a veil so no one could really benefit from it but this glory it says here 2nd Corinthians 3 verse 18 and we with open face behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord are being transfigured into his very own image from glory faded glory which is now darkness faded glory from glory to glory the ever-increasing abiding glory okay so we need to look away with open face away from moses and the tablets and we need to be looking to the spirit And it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I I just have revelation on on the King James Version translation. I think it's better to to use the word glass than to use the word mirror. And it says, we behold the word, is mentioned in the Amplified, as in a mirror, says the Amplified, but I like the glass in the King James. So you read the word, you behold the... In the word, but if you look in glass, you can see your surface reflection, like they could see on the law, or you can look deeper and see what is behind the glass. So that's the point. God has torn the veil, God has split the rock, God has opened everything up. He has created for us a fresh, new, living way through the uh, power of the blood of Jesus through the separating curtain, that is through his flesh. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 and 20. So we can boldly go in. So God wants us to be in there, in the spirit. He wants us to see in the spirit. So he wants himself to be totally transparent to us. He wants us to see in there. Open face. We behold the in the word as in a glass. So we look deeper. The glory of the Lord, our constantly being transfigured into the very same image the image of the face that we see uh, from glory to glory this is from the Lord who is the Spirit so when you read the word and you look in and you start seeing what the, the word really wants to tell you you start seeing deeper and you don't say, only see a reflection of yourself on every page, but you see, you look deeper and you see the face of Christ. And on that face, Second Corinthians 4 verse 6, the glory is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. So as you behold His face, you see face to face. That's the perfection that speaks of in First Corinthians chapter 13. Um, it says, before I looked in a dim blurred reflection or even now we look in a dim blurred reflection but when perfection comes we will see face to face we will see uh, and, and I will know as I am known by God okay so God wants to reveal more okay he wants to reveal his glory he wants to shine his glory into us how will he shine his glory into us we look into the eyes Jesus now the eyes are the lamp of the body the eyes are the windows of the soul all right so when I look into the eyes of Jesus I see the glory of God the fire of God flashing from him so that's Revelation chapter 1 that describes Jesus it says his his hair is white like wool and his eyes are flashing like fire okay so we need to behold his face and see that Glory, so that that glory can shine into our hearts and, and um, beam forth the light for the illumination of the glory of God, Second Corinthians 4 verse 6, as it is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. So as I see His face, the glory that shines from Him shines deep into my heart and I am transformed into the very same likeness of the one that I'm seeing. But if I'm looking at the same scriptures and I'm only seeing myself, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. I'm going to still be stuck on this side and I'm going to see my own face and I'm going to all I'm just going to see my own failures and I'm going to just sit with faded glory which is darkness. Okay. So we need to open ourselves up Remember I did a, last year I did a whole service on uh, open up before God. Hold nothing back. He will do what needs to be done. Out of the um, message translation. He will validate your life in the light of day. All right. So we need to move away from the rock to the transparent glass. We need to move away from the veil to an open face. We need to stop looking at self. And we need to look at Jesus in these eyes, which reveals the glory of God that's shining into us. All right. So now a few scriptures. uh, Let's start in, I think Isaiah chapter 2 is a good place to start. And then we will will go from there. So Isaiah chapter 2. Are you ready? Isaiah chapter 2. It says, The word which Isaiah son of Amor saw revealed concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall, be, uh, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be firmly established as the highest of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. The mountain shall be the highest. Okay. Now, we're talking about mountains. Now, Moses got the tables on Mount Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, which is in Arabia. It's not the one in Egypt in the Sinai Peninsula. It's the wrong mountain. They got it wrong. It's in Arabia. You can you can just search for this on YouTube and just look at that mountain that they have there. You can see it's burnt with fire on the top of it. There's just a rock split open. There's the the uh, altar that was built uh, with stones that was not hewn, and there was the twelve pillars of the twelve tribes. It's still there. You can just see it. So uh, there's videos on YouTube. Just Google it, and you can see it. It's in Arabia. It's not the Sinai Peninsula. Okay. So now there was a mountain. So now we first quickly going to jump to hebrews chapter chapter 12 and it will it will just give us a pretext okay so hebrews chapter 12 says uh verse 18 for you have not come as did the israelites in the wilderness to a material mountain so one that can be touched one that's material you can touch you'll see it okay To a material mountain that can be touched, a mountain that is ablaze with fire, and to gloom and darkness and a raging storm. Okay, that's Mount Horeb. And to the blast of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the listeners beg that nothing more be said to them. So they didn't want the living oracles, so they sent Moses and said, bring back to us the words on stone. All right. For they could not bear the command that was given, if a wild animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. In fact, so awful and terrifying was the phenomenal sight that Moses said, I'm terrified. So this is a mountain of fear. This is a mountain of fire. This is a mountain where wrath is revealed. All right. Now it goes on. He says, but rather you have come to Mount Zion. Even to the city of the living God. There's a different mountain. And it is Zion. Even to the city, which is Jerusalem. Now, if you want to hear more about the city, Hebrews, our Hebrew series is there on YouTube. Just go. I'm... I think in the description box, I said which one was the one about the city. Just search for the one about the city and get the whole sermon about the cities. I can't do it over. It's going to take too long. Okay, so the city of Jerusalem. Okay, now it says, and you have come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless multitudes of angels in festal gathering. So this is a feast. And this is a party, not like party spirit of Corinthians, (laughs) but this is a real party. Okay. This is a feast, Um, angels feasting, angels in festal gathering. Okay. And to the church of the firstborn who are registered as citizens in heaven and to the church so mount zion is the church the city jerusalem is the church listen people the The natural city of Jerusalem has nothing for you. Except if you guys are tourists, it's a beautiful place and it's good to see where Jesus walked. And to see the history, I really want to go there. To see, you know, Golgotha and to see the, the, you know, all those things that's still there. It's it's amazing. I want to see the Sea of Galilee. I want to go to those places. But as a tourist, there's nothing holy now about this. You are the holy city. The city, Jerusalem, descending from heaven, the heavenly Jerusalem, the Zion, the city of God. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, you are the uh, city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You are the city, Jerusalem, on a hill. You have come to this mountain, angels in festal gathering, um, to the city and to the church of the firstborn. Who are citizens in heaven. And to the God who is judge of all. So God who is judge. So where's the throne of the judge? It's right here. (laughs) On Mount Zion. Okay. Now, he says, uh, And to the spirits of the righteous. We have been made perfect so those who died who were in a cloud of witnesses they have seen what they've been prophesying they've seen what they have been believing for and waiting for all these years that they couldn't enter into if you read hebrews chapter 11 so they have now been made perfect and we are living in the reality of what they were waiting for okay now it says and to jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of Mercy, a better and a nobler and a more generous, a more gracious message than the blood of Abel, which cried out for vengeance. (laughs) And this one says mercy. This one speaks of mercy. So he's a merciful judge. Okay, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, sprinkled blood. The blood of Jesus that speaks of mercy. Okay. You'll see, you'll see beautiful things now. Um, so see to it that you don't reject him. Okay. Back to Isaiah chapter 2. So Isaiah chapter 2 says, Come let us go up, verse 3. Come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. So now there's two mountains. So which one is a mountain? Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. Okay. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Out of Zion. Shall go forth the law, instruction, the word, out of Jerusalem. This is the place, he says, uh, shall go forth the law and uh, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The house of the Lord. The house of the Lord. Now, here... And the Old Covenant, with the physical stuff, there was a parable about this. And there was a physical city, Jerusalem, which is natural. And there was a physical Zion, which was natural. And there was a physical temple or a house, which was natural. Do you get me? So the temple, or the house of the Lord, was a physical thing. Now um, David wanted to build a temple, and God said, "You can't build me a temple." Then the prophet came and said, "You can't build a temple because you've got blood in your hands." But if you read Acts chapter seven, um, when Stephen just before Stephen is stoned, he said, uh, "David could not build the temple of God because he found grace in the sight of God." So Solomon built the temple with David's gold. Not Solomon's gold, David's gold. So David was a man after God's own heart. So what was the sure mercies, I preached on it this week, Promise to David. The sure mercies promised to David was the covenant that's everlasting of the blood of Jesus, which means the forgiveness of sins. That you can't find on this side. Okay, so now the natural stuff was a parable for the supernatural stuff. So if you still can't go into it, Galatians chapter four, um, it says Abraham had two sons: the one by the bondwoman, and the one by the free woman. The one born from the flesh, and the one born from uh, in virtue of the promise, so Abraham had two they were two women. The bondwoman was uh, what 's her name <laughs> I got it. The free one was Sarah. And she had a child, Ishmael. And she had a child, Isaac. Which means laughter. Okay. She bore children unto slavery and she bore children unto freedom. Her uh, seed was called the sand of the sea. And her seed was called the stars of heaven. Now, Galatians chapter 4 says, This is an allegory. It says, Now, even the present Jerusalem, the natural Jerusalem, corresponds with Hagar, which is in bondage with her children. You can read it in Galatians chapter 4. So, Galatians chapter 4 speaks of the natural Jerusalem as Babylon. So, the Babylon referred to in, in Revelation is the natural Jerusalem. But there's a supernatural Jerusalem. This side is supernatural. Or you can call it spiritual. Spiritual. Unseen. Supernatural. And this side, natural, touch, feel, see. This side, you have to look through the glass to see it in an unseen realm. This one, you can only see what your five senses can tell you, and it's only on the surface. And this one, it does not deal with the heart. This one functions completely in the heart, because you receive it by faith and with a heart a person believes, and so is Justified with the heart. God looks at the heart and not at the surface. All right. So uh, the natural Jerusalem, the natural Zion, the natural temple, all of this coincides with a heart made of stone. A heart that is not open to the words of god to enter it can't enter it's solid it it can't go it's it just reflects it bounces off there's no entrance it's hard okay so all of this zion the temple the natural side of things all of this corresponds with mount sinai mount horeb where the law was given and this is the side of fire and wrath the fire of judgment which ended god ended this whole system at the cross and he've completely removed it from the earth 40 years later after the gospel was preached to them, for forty years, like the Israelites in the desert, and they even got the warning in Hebrews chapter four. It was sent to the Hebrews. See to it that you do not disbelieve him. He says, he says, um, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as the Israelites in the desert. It was written to the Hebrews, to them. So, uh, so the the message came to them. To the Jew first after the cross. And they rejected that. For 40 years it was preached. But they kept on with the sacrifices. Sacrifices, sacrifices for 40 years. Until this whole thing was destroyed and burned. Jerusalem received the fire because of unbelief. In 70 AD. I think it's 60 Six to 70 was the Jewish wars and all of Jerusalem, all the natural stuff, the temple broken down, nothing left, all destroyed. Jesus said, break down this temple and in three days I will raise it up again, speaking of his body. And you are the body of Christ. You are risen with him in baptism. You have died with him in baptism. You, you have been crucified with him. So in spirit, you have died, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. In spirit, you have died, and it's not you that love. Christ lives within you. So people look at the surface and they try to figure you out, but they can't, because deeper down, through the glass, You you can see Christ. So you're looking into a dimension that these guys can't look into. And because you're looking, your eyes are enlightened and flooded with light, Ephesians chapter 1. Because your eyes are looking in the eyes of Jesus and you are being enlightened and the knowledge of the glory is being lit inside you. Because of that, you reflect something. ...of the unseen realm, you reflect the glory of God, which these guys can never ever have. Because there's no more glory because of the exceeding glory that was revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. This one was to fade, but this one, even if that one didn't fade, this is exceedingly greater. So even if that one shone at its brightest, this one is so much brighter that it looks like darkness. But we know that it even faded out into darkness. So if you now try even the New Testament scriptures and you look on face value and you just see yourself and you judge yourself all the time and you condemn yourself and you, and you just see yourself and you see your own mistakes and you see your own failures and you see all that. Uh, you're not going to be transformed into his image because you're trying to change yourself. So still rock. But when you look and you see his face in it. You see deeper. Your eyes are enlightened. So you, your vision transcends into the spiritual realm. And you start seeing him and you get to know him and you start seeing for who he really is. You will start reflecting, reflecting him. You will start looking at him, like him. All right. Back to Isaiah chapter 2. Man, we have to run through the, all the rest because there's a lot that I still need to cover. Okay. Isaiah chapter, chapter 2. Now he says, uh, uh, that was verse 3. Out of Zion shall go forth the law and instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And it says, and he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they le- learn war anymore. Okay, just take that as a, as a metaphor. Uh, swords burn, uh, was beat into plowshares. So the word that you speak should rather be to cultivate the seed in the hearts of people rather than to hit them or to injure them with a sword. Um, Pruning hooks. The husbandman, John chapter 15, or the vine dresser, comes with a pruning hook and he prunes the vines. So it's not hurting the vine, it's just pruning it so it may, may bear forth fruit. So our function with the word is to prune doctrines, to prune our hearts, to prune anything that is not of God by the word so that we may bear more and more excellent fruit. Alright, verse 5. O house of Jacob. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Okay, the light is a series. Okay, but there's light. Light. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Okay, John 1, verse 1. But verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The Word which is the glass. Where is the glass? That's where you see the light. So you have to look into the word, uh, not the law. The law that he's speaking of here is the law of spirit of life, Romans 8 verse 2. The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So that's the law of the Spirit, which is simply the indwelling Holy Ghost. That's the new law of your of your new being. So you need to look into the word as in a, into a glass. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Let us walk in the light. Where's the mountain? Zion, Jerusalem, the presence of God, the supernatural, the mountain of God, heaven. The secret place, the throne room, behind the veil. (laughs) That's the mountain of the Lord, where the heavenly Jerusalem is. Uh, The heavenly Jerusalem is on the heavenly mountain. That's the church, it's the city, it's the mountain. Okay, the house of the Lord. Oh, do you not know that you are the temple of God? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so we are the body of Christ. And we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the city, Zion. We are uh, Jerusalem on Mount Zion. And we have the law of God not written on stone, but written on the heart. Second Corinthians 3 verse 2. Uh, And three, written on the fleshy tables of the heart. Right? So with the heart, a person believes. So if a word comes from the spirit, believe it. Let it be written in your heart. Let it cut deep. Invite the sword of the spirit of Hebrews chapter 4 to come deep into your heart and cut away. All that is hard, all that is resistant to God, let the word come and cut Be transparent before God. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, uh, nothing is concealed before Him into the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. So when you look into His eyes, He knows everything. But when you look into His eyes, His light comes into you, which is His word, which is the Spirit. So this is a sword coming out of His mouth in Revelation chapter 1. The sword coming out of His mouth, the glory coming out of His eyes. You look into his face. The word comes into your heart. The glory shines and illuminates your eyes so that you can understand. All right. So you, you start to see more. You start to see deeper. And that which was resistant to God, that which reflected in it or tried to keep him away, the hardness of heart, the stony heart is being removed because of the circumcision of the heart, the, the sword coming to cut away all the calluses, all the hard bits, all the dead bits. Uh, John chapter 15 says the same thing. He says, uh, you are pruned already because of the words that I've been speaking to you. You are pruned or cleansed already because of the words that I've been speaking to you. All right. So I'm the vine, you are the branches. So um, another message that I shared this week or could be last week. I don't know. I don't know time. But it says... Zechariah chapter 3, Joshua the high priest standing before God and Satan coming to accuse him. And God rebuked Satan and he said, is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? So he plucked him out of the fire and he rebuked the accuser so that that same branch can be grafted in and bear fruit in the vine. Okay. I hope you, I'm saying a lot of things, but I hope you're getting this. We are taking out of this and placed into this. Out of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. Out of darkness into His marvelous light. Out from under the law and into the life of the Spirit in Christ. All right. So let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, Zion, Jerusalem. Let us walk in the light of God. Surely... Uh, Now it says, it speaks of the, the rejection of, of uh, the natural people in 70 AD. Surely, Lord, you have rejected and forsaken your people, the house of Jacob, because they are filled with customs from the east and with soothsayers to foretell like the Philistines. Also, they strike hands and make pledges and agreements with the children of aliens. Their land also is full of silver and gold. Neither is there any end to their treasures. Their land is also full of horses, etc. Okay, full of idols, Um, Now verse 10. Enter into the rock and hide yourself in the dust from before the terror of the Lord and from the glory of His majesty. Okay, that's just Exodus chapter 34. Uh, Moses says, Lord, show me your glory. I said, I will hide you in the cleft of the rock and I will make my goodness pass before you. You will not see the front, but you will see my back. So, and he passed by and he heard the Lord gracious compassionate and slow to anger and rich in love okay so why not the front because that was the first covenant. that was what is what the first covenant was sent to do is reveal fire and wrath but that which was to follow his back the train that followed him the second thing that came is what he saw and what did he see the glory what did he, what did he saw the goodness of God his gracious nature his compassion his mercy okay i hope this does something for you all right verse 12 for there shall be a day of the lord of hosts against all who are proud and haughty and against all who are lifted up and they shall be brought low all right they hardened their hearts against god and they the the city was overthrown okay i hope i'm not losing you i hope i'm not losing you I hope i'm not losing you all right A few things that i want to that i want to speak about oh jesus help this so much i think i first want to go to first john chapter one let us dwell in the light let us go up to the mountain of the lord let us dwell in the light okay so are ready? <laughs> okay, it says, First John 1, verse 5, and this is the message, the message of promise, which we have heard from him and now are reporting to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in Him at all, no, not in any way. Same as in James chapter 1, he says, uh, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no shadow of turning, no variableness in His shining, as in in an eclipse. So, uh, there's there's no darkness in Him at all, no, not in any way. Now, now listen, so if we say we are partakers of together and enjoy fellowship with him when we live and move and are walking about in darkness we are both speaking falsely and do not live and practice the truth which the gospel presents so if we say we are inside here but we are walking under the veil okay we are not living and practicing the truth of the gospel. But if we truly are living and walking in the light, okay, Isaiah 2, let us walk in the light. If we really are living and walking in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us, removes us from all sin and guilt, and keeps us cleansed from sin in all its more, uh, in all its (laughs) forms and manifestations. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So, if we dwell in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us. This is where the light is revealed in the face of Jesus, in the supernatural, in the unseen. Where is Jesus now? At the right hand of the Father, beyond the veil. But he has opened up the way. We can go there any second by looking and we're seeing him in the word. By looking and seeing him in the spirit. True unbroken fellowship. Dwelling in the light. And in the light, the light is the realm of the blood of Jesus. When you dwell in the light, you believe the word. For those who resisted their hearts in unbelief because they never wanted to open up their hearts, uh, No light. All right. So on this side, uh, Hosea, last verse of Hosea 5, he says, uh, I will return to heaven on high until they acknowledge their offense. Okay? He said, I have withholding the showers. I will return on high until they acknowledge their offense before God. In Hosea chapter 6, he starts talking about the cross, referencing to Isaiah 53, he is torn, but he will bind up. So... uh, the cross came. Now we simply through the cross believe in him. All offenses cancelled. All uh, uh, uncleanness washed away by the blood of Jesus. All right? That's all he wants. All God wants is a heart that open up, opens up to him. All God wants is, is someone that wants to know him, that wants to look, someone that wants to receive the word that he's is, that is bringing to us. Uh, but if we're stubborn in our ways, and we don't, we're never going to enter in. We're never going to enter in. Okay. So, verse 8, he says, If we say we have no... Where were we? If we, verse 7 says, if we really are living and walking in the light as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin, uh, removes us from all sin and guilt and keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. Okay, so you come into the light, the blood cleanses you. Come into the light, the blood cleanses you. The light comes to you through the word. You come into the light by hearing and believing the word, by beholding in the word is in the glass and seeing the face of Jesus, putting your trust in him, his blood washes you clean. Verse 8, if we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we are sinners, we delude and lead ourselves astray, and the truth which the gospel presents is not in us and does not dwell in our hearts. Alright, so if we refuse and say, no, I don't need the blood of Jesus, I don't need Him, man, I, I I, have never done anything wrong. Okay, if you say that, if you try to justify your position instead of receiving the mercy, okay, that's, that's what He says. We delude ourselves. He says, verse 9, If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, He is faithful and just, true to His own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to His will, in purpose, in thought, in action. Okay. Admit that we have sinned. With other words, standing before God and saying to Him, Lord... All I am, open to you. All I am, open to your light. All I am, open to your glory. I bring what I'm struggling with, all the darkness that I'm, that I'm still aware of that is manifesting in me. I bring to you in my conscience. I say, Lord, shine your light in me. Let your light shine to every place of darkness and expel the darkness. Uh, I brought a message um, in our September conference last year speaking about this uh, dwelling in, coming into the light so we openly we let the light expose the darkness in our hearts okay uh, the blood of Jesus comes and cleanses it so you've been forgiven at the cross you've been forgiven at the cross your sins are forgiven but now for you to experience it you need to believe how do you believe you let the word into into your heart you come into the light the light shines you say, Lord I open my heart <laughs> Search my heart, O God, Psalm 139. Search my heart and see if there's any wrong thing within me. Let your light shine right through me. Come and judge me. Come and speak to me. Come according to your mercy and your loving kindness. Come and, and search my heart completely and remove everything that is, not, that is not of you. Let your light shine into every nook and cranny (laughs) into every corner of my heart open up don't be afraid of God don't be afraid of the light come out into the light let him shine in you because the deeper he can shine into you the more the more he shines into you the greater will be the reflection of you shining out to the world all right so uh, he says he continuously cleanses you so so the more you open up to his light the less of a manifestation of sin there will be in your your heart, in your life. Okay? I hope this makes sense to you. If you're struggling with something, bring it to God. Okay? God is the God-ordained judge. John chapter 5. Jesus was was appointed the judge. We are not appointed the judge. Don't bring it to a person and ask a person to judge you or human being. Bring it to God. Lord Jesus, search my heart. You judge me. You tell me. And what will he say on the grounds of the blood of Jesus? What will he say because of his mercy and his loving kindness? What will he say because of the word of the Spirit based on the cross of Jesus Christ? He will say, your sins are forgiven. You just open up before God. And say, Lord, this is this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm this is where I'm at. Lord Jesus, I'm just honest before you. I'm just open before you. Lord Jesus, come and help me. Here I am. And what does He do? His light comes in. And he removes the darkness. His blood comes and washes away the awareness of those things. He brings to your experience the forgiveness that was already given at the cross. When you come into the light. And you're transparent before God who is the judge. Don't fear the judgment of the righteous judge. When you stand in front of him, he will judge justly. Okay. Lord Jesus, I pray that I lose no one. Most of this is stuff that I can connect because we've been preaching and preaching it for years. Okay. But please, please stay with me. We still have some Some ground to cover. Okay. So, the judgment of God. Uh, John chapter 3 verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal everlasting life which is light. Okay. Okay. cross is the bridge between the two. Then verse 17, he did not come to judge the world, or to condemn the world is the the word there, condemn. pass sentence on the world. But that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. That's John 3, verse 17. And now he says, verse 18, those who uh, believe will never be condemned never be judged or passed sentence on okay so the word judgment there it's the word condemn you pass a sentence you condemn okay those who believe will never be condemned remember he said john 6 and john 8 he says no one can come to me except the father draw him And no one who comes to me will I ever forsake or or cast away. I will never cast away that person. That's uh, John 6 verse 37. All whom my father gives to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will most certainly not cast out. So if you come to him, you have come to Mount Zion. If you come to him, come to me, all you are wearied and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is take my burden, my yoke, my yoke is soft, my burden is light. Okay, so we come to him. All right, you will not be rejected. Those who, sorry, I'm chasing too many rabbits. John 3 verse 18, those who believe will never be condemned. Those who believe not are condemned already. Because they did not trust in his name. So everyone was already in a state of condemnation because of the revelation of wrath in the law. The law already judged everyone. The law, and that's, you can read Romans chapter 1 and 2 now and it will make sense. Uh, The law is the revelation of God's wrath. And the revelation of judgment. But Jesus came to take that judgment and wrath upon himself. And now he reveals something deeper, something greater, something, uh, something light and life from the supernatural. From heaven he's revealing it. This was revealed on earth. All right. So this is the natural. This is the supernatural. So uh, he did not come to the world to judge the world but that the world might find salvation those who believe will not be condemned those who believe not are condemned already for not trusting in his name and the basis of the condemnation is this that light has come into uh, entered into the world and men love the darkness more than the light because their works were evil and those who hate the light shun away from it lest their deeds be exposed and reproved but that's the very thing we need to embrace coming out into the light oh search my lord my heart oh lord i trust you to be a good judge i trust you that you will never cast me away i trust you that you will never uh, condemn me for these things because you are merciful and kind you need to come out into the light and say lord judge my heart Lord, uh, look at what is in here and bring your blood and wash it away and and justify me by your grace and your goodness. Okay? So you receive the forgiveness. You're coming into the light. These guys shun away from the light lest their works be exposed and reproved because all they ever see is wrath and fear. And they don't want to. They don't trust Him. Okay. So uh, those who... Hate the light, shine away from you, But those who love the light come out into the light that their works may be shown to be from God, done with God's help. So it's that uh, God exchanges the robe, the filthy robe of our own righteousness, Isaiah 64, verse 6, with his robe of righteousness, which is holy and pure and blameless, clothing us in his own white raiment okay he's doing his works through us signs and wonders and miracles so our works are just blotted out wiped away cleaned away no record of it exists you stand before god holy pure blameless spotless without wrinkle on this side you stand in your own righteousness which will never cut it so so this this is not such a great place to be is it all right so let us come into the light. Let us walk in the light. OK. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. Hallelujah. Are you getting something? I hope through all of this, I'm, I can convey all the stuff that's in my heart because there's so many things running in my heart right now. Okay. Psalm 32 says, blessed, happy, and fortunate to be envied is he who has forgiveness of his transgression continually exercised upon him whose sins are covered. Okay, so that's also what Paul quotes in Romans chapter 4. He says, blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Um, okay, so he says, blessed, happy, fortunate is the man who, to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So I don't want to deceive myself. So deceit, according to First John one, is I I deceive myself when I uh, when I reason and I say, but I didn't do anything wrong. So I don't want to justify stuff. I want to say, Lord Jesus, come, show me the way. Come and correct me. Hebrews chapter twelve, the correct, don't despise their correction or the chastening of the Lord. Let the light come and correct the darkness. (laughs) I I hope you hear me. Okay. So also James chapter one. the, the natural man doesn't take it and he says uh, that he's the man who who's not a doer of the word deceiving himself into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth so what is he reasoning he's, he's hearing but he's not doing anything okay so uh, he's like a man looking at his natural face in a mirror the superficial reflection not seeing only seeing his own face and then he promptly forget what he was like but Then there's the man who who, who is not a heedless listener, but an active doer. He's like a man who looks carefully into the faultless law of liberty, the law of the Spirit. Okay? Um, and he perseveres in looking into it, he shall be blessed in his doing. James chapter 1. Okay, let's get back. Sorry for all the rabbit trails, but I need to put it in. He says, blessed is he who has forgiveness of his transgressions continually exercised upon him whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man of whom the Lord, uh, to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silence before I confessed, my bones wasted away through my groaning all the day long. For, the, for day and night your hand of displeasure was heavy upon me. My moisture was turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin to you. Remember Hosea chapter 5. And my iniquity I did not hide. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord continually unfolding the past till all is told. Then you instantly forgave me the guilt and iniquity of my sin. Selah causely, uh, causely. <laughs> Calmly think of that. For this forgiveness, let everyone who is godly pray. Pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely, when the great waters overflow, they shall not reach. The spirit in him you are a hiding place for me there's again the waters that flow there's again the rock that was split on the mountain uh, where the waters flow you lord preserve me from trouble you surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance i the lord will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go i will counsel you with my eye upon you be not like the horse and the mule which lack in understanding which must have their mouths held with a firm bit and a bridle james chapter 3 or else they will not come with you many are the sorrows of the wicked but he who trusts and relies confidently leans on the lord shall be compassed about with mercy and with loving kindness be glad in the lord and rejoice you righteous you upright shout for joy all you upright in heart. Psalm 32. Okay, so he speaks of the confession of sin. We, now, we know that the price is fully paid. So what, what is this confession of sin thing? It's not a condition of forgiveness. So this is, this is the revelation that's unfolding in front of me. Uh, 1 John 1, he says, If we confess that we have sinned, He's faithful and just to forgive. It's exactly the same as he immediately forgives. But we now know that through the blood of Christ, he's already forgiven. But now how do I receive it? How do I receive it? I know I'm forgiven before God. I know because of the blood of Christ. But am I still conscious of it? Can you honestly say that you don't remember anything you've ever done wrong? Can you honestly say that you stand before God and nothing in your own heart accuses you? Okay, Uh, 1 John chapter 3 that we always read, you know, verse 18, 19, 20, 21. He says, if our hearts uh, condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. And He knows all things. Okay, so nothing is hidden from Him. But if our hearts condemn us not, we have boldness towards God. And we receive from Him whatever we ask. Okay, so is your heart in tormenting self-accusation making you feel guilty and condemning you? Is your heart maybe there's some hardness in there, not opening up to the light to shine in you to enlighten the eyes of your understanding? Is there still some stone there that need to be removed so that the light can shine in so that you can be aware of what's happening here? Or are you still looking in the scriptures and seeing a surface reflection and seeing your own mistakes and your own faults? <laughs> are you looking beyond? And seeing the face of Jesus, or you looking into your own natural face in a mirror, not understanding and forgetting? All right? And that's the point. We know what Jesus has done. But we need to engage with what Jesus has done. We need to engage and enter into the reality of what He's given to us. So we understand it is finished and it is fulfilled. The forgiveness is a finished work and it's done. So now, I just come to the mountain... Of the Lord, Zion. I come to the spiritual place, the secret place, in front of the throne. And you can read in Revelation 3 or 4. There's different places. First Chronicles chapter four, I think, or Second Chronicles chapter four, either. But there's different places in the Bible speaking of the sea that is in front of the, it's a transparent, glassy sea in front of the throne. So I stand in front of the throne, and what is in front of him is transparent and glassy, it's see-through. Okay. Uh, it was furniture in the temple for the washing of hands for the priests. It wasn't like a sea with a shore it was furniture for the priests to wash their hands in the sea in front okay doing going too much we need to be transparent before him before the throne you come to the light forgive me if i put in too much you come to the light you say lord search my heart you come to the light and you open up before god you hold nothing back Lord, you will do what needs to be done. I trust you. Let your word come and and cut the double-edged sword. Let your word come and prune. I trust you, Lord. Let your word come. Renew a right spirit within me. Remove the heart of stone. Uh, Give me a brand new heart, Lord Jesus. I stand in front of you. So now he comes. I stand in the secret place boldly before god because i know my sins are forgiven and i open up i say lord transform me let my mind be renewed every thought that's not of you come wash it away with your blood come let your light shine into every corner of my mind and enlighten everything so that my conscience is only full of light and there's no awareness and consciousness of any sin. So, so it is so that we can be filled and flooded with God Himself, so that in our awareness and in our reality, we can, we can experience it and reflect it to the world, not only so that we can know that we are forgiven and still feel guilty every day. So hear me right. The, forgive, the, the confession of sins has nothing to do with qualifying to get forgiven. But it is a heart open, transparent before God, who is the true judge. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians. chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter... First do 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 4 because obviously it follows. Please bear with me. Please hang on. Please, I need your attention (laughs) because there's still some nice stuff coming. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, this is all stuff that you know. It says... We are setting, verse 13, we are setting these truths forth, not in words taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to them that possess the Holy Spirit, to those who possess the Holy Spirit. But the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart, the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, meaningless nonsense to him. And he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing and standing, becoming better acquainted with them, because they are spiritually discerned. So God is always trying to reveal stuff, but this guy cannot admit, cannot, unable admit into his heart the gifts teachings and revelations of the spirit of God because it's the nonsense okay so he says he's incapable of knowing them because it's spiritually he it does not No entrance so his heart is hard Hard-hearted, stiff-necked people. Jesus called them all the time. He called them hard-hearted, stiff-necked people. Uh, Stephen called them, you hard-hearted, stiff-necked people, whom of our forefathers did did you not uh, persecute? Hard-hearted, stiff-necked people. Even Jesus rebuked his disciples in Matthew chapter 16. He says, he rebuked them for the hardness of their heart. And then he said to them, go into all the world and preach this gospel. So there's, if we are aware of this, there's a hardness of heart. And the stuff of the spirit doesn't make sense. And it doesn't enter into our heart. If we, if we are stubborn like a mule or a donkey. And we try to, to insist on stubbornness paying here, hardening our hearts, no entrance of the revelations, gifts, and teachings of the Holy Spirit. We cannot understand the stuff that God wants to give to us. But if we turn repentance to the Lord, I hope you get it. Okay. Now he says, but the spiritual man tries all things, he investigates, inquires into questions, discerns all things, yet is himself to be put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get an insight into him. This guy, his heart is hard. God cannot enter there, but he's under a veil and he cannot enter here. So there's a separation for this guy who doesn't want the gospel. But if the gospel is preached to them in the spirit and it does enter into his heart, he is transformed and is taken from darkness into light. So all you need to do is open your heart and believe. All right. But once you are here, if you've received the supernatural thing, if you've received the spirit, the light, the life of Christ, the spiritual man knows all things, tries all things. So you try a case. You judge something. So, have you ever heard the scripture that says, "You will be that you you will judge the angels"? So, why do you go in front of judges of this world, these natural judges, all you Christians? Don't you know that you will one day judge the angels? So, who who's going to be the judges of the angels? We. Why? Because the spiritual man knows all things and tries all things, but he cannot be put on trial by the natural man. Okay. Uh, the natural man has no insight into him. In this case, yet is himself to be put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get an insight into him because their understanding is veiled and their hearts are too hard so that their understanding can be enlightened by the light. Okay. But if you are in the light, you will one day judge the angels. So, but you are not given the right to judge right now because there's still, um, we are not completely transformed. Listen, judge not, lest thou be judged. If we take the law of Moses to judge people's actions, we make our heart, hearts hard. And we struggle, we, see, we jump under the veil, and we see less and less and less of what's there. And our hearts are hardened against the Spirit of God, and we, we get more hard here. That's bitterness. You don't forgive. That's a direct command from Jesus, is to forgive everyone. But judge, no, it's not a command from Jesus. We were not called to judge. We were called to open up before God and let Him judge us. Let His light come into us. One day we will judge the angels, but it's not now. We, we can try all things, know all things, discern all things if, we, if our eyes are enlightened, if we have the Spirit of God. Okay, So let God remove the beam out of your own eye before you attempt to remove the splinter out of someone else's eye. Do, do you see what I'm trying to say? So don't be tempted by this standard To start pointing a finger. That's a mistake. Because it makes your hard heart, hard, hard. (laughs) And it causes you not to see. All right. Now, it says, For who has known and understood the mind of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. But we have the mind of Christ. Christ. And we do hold the thoughts, feelings, purposes of His heart. So we need to be focused on His heart. He constantly reveals His heart to us. He's completely transparent and open to us because He is holy and blameless and spotless. And His holiness and blamelessness He wants to impart to you. And so you need to be open and transparent before His eyes. But you cannot trust people in that same way, opening before them, because they are not the God-ordained judge. So they will judge naturally from the outside, the surface reflection. But God looks at the heart. All right. So open up before God. Let that light shine in. And suddenly you see someone who was just a washout, healing the sick and raising the dead. Someone you see so suddenly you see someone who couldn't really make it in the eyes of the world. God purposefully uses those people to confound the wise. Suddenly you see someone who can't really speak before people who start preaching the gospel. So suddenly you see signs, wonders, and miracles, and you see power, you see revelation coming out of someone. Okay, and that's what brings these guys to jealousy. <laughs> All right, open your heart to God. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Now he speaks of judgment of men. He says, So then let us apostles be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ and stewards and trustees of the mysteries and the secret purposes of God. So a mystery is something that is hidden that needs to be revealed. And if he is a trustee of it, he can see it. And he needs to reveal it. Okay. Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. So, but as for me personally, it matters very little to me that I should be put on trial by you on this point, and that you or any other human tribunal should investigate it and question and cross-question me. I do not even put myself on trial and judge myself. I am not conscious of anything against myself, and I feel blameless. But I am not vindicated and acquitted before God on that account. It is the Lord Himself who examines and judges me so do not make any hasty or premature judgments before the time when the lord comes again so don't judge before the lord comes again okay for he will both bring to light the secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims and motives and purposes of hearts then every man will receive his due commendation from the lord listen When we every day unfold, unfold till all is told. Hide nothing from Him. Unfold and unfold till all is told. (laughs) Psalm 32. Open our hearts. Let Him shine. Open our hearts. So daily He judges me. Daily He brings His forgiveness and His mercy and His love. I trust Him. So daily He is a continuous washing with the blood of Jesus. Continuously coming into the light. Continuously. So as soon as something happened, He's gone. There's no record of it. It's completely removed. But if you try this way, concealing it before God, He knows it anyway, so He just brings it out and say, Hey, listen, let your conscience be clean. Let your heart be clean. Let your mind be renewed. Come into the light. Let His word come and cut out all the gunk let his word come and wash through the washing of the water by the word be cleansed by the sprinkling of water uh hebrews chapter 10 okay let him continuously cleanse us you are clean in spirit but every day your conscience your awareness let him come oh lord if there's anything that you can correct me on let your word come let your word come and prune all the stuff. It's a wonderful thing when He prunes the, the branches that doesn't bear fruit so I can bear more fruit. Welcoming His word. Welcoming this New Testament so that you can bear the fruit or reflect the glory of this New Testament. I hope you're hearing me. I hope you're hearing me. Alright. There's this amazing connection between Ezekiel chapter 36 and Psalm 51, Ezekiel chapter 26, 36, and Psalm 51. Okay, so Psalm 51 is basically David's psalm of repentance after he sinned with Bathsheba. Okay, so um, so I want I'm gonna read through it, and then we're gonna go read Ezekiel 36. And um, then you see how David actually prophesied this. Okay. And Ezekiel, another prophet, prophesied this. Okay. So we've we've touched on so much, but just listen to this psalm. Just listen to this. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to the multitude of your tender mercy and loving kindness, blot out my transgressions. He's prophesying. This is, this, is, this is the cross. This is the blood of Jesus. This is this side that is prophesying. As Isaiah says, let's go to the Mount Zion and not to Mount Horeb. Okay, I hope you're hearing me. Have mercy upon me according to your steadfast love, according to the multitude of your tender mercy and loving kindness. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly and repeatedly from my iniquity and guilt and cleanse me and make me wholly pure from my sin. Oh, wow repeatedly cleaning it so it's a daily thing it's a continuous thing just always standing joseph prince calls it under the water full of forgiveness standing in the light in the blood continuously being cleansed okay the light shining ever deeper into my heart verse three for i am conscious of my transgressions and i acknowledge them my sin is ever before me so if you feel like that if you feel like your sin is ever before me your heart accuses you and you're feeling condemned Oh, Lord, <laughs> open up before God. Let Him wash you clean. Let Him let His blood remove those things out of your awareness and out of your memory, out of your consciousness. For I am conscious of my transgressions. I acknowledge them. My sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done that which is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and faultless in your judgment. All right, So, so... Yeah. We need to trust god that is merciful opening up before him say lord i messed up okay so if if you wanted to condemn me you are justified in it but guess what jesus was condemned on our behalf he was the one taking the blame taking the wrath that was revealed in the first agreement all right so now verse five behold i was brought forth in a state of iniquity my mother was sinful who conceived me and i too am sinful behold you desire truth in the inner being how will we ever have truth in the inner being if he puts it there if his word of truth his spirit of truth dwells inside of us john 14 he gives us the spirit of truth Okay, behold, you desire truth in the inner being. Make me therefore to know wisdom in my inmost heart. James 1, if any man is deficient in wisdom, let him ask from the giving God and he will give without reproach or fault finding. Uh, Make me to know wisdom in my inmost heart. Verse 7, purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall in reality be whiter than snow. It's like the face of Jesus revealed in Revelation chapter 1. His clothes white, his, his hair white, the light shining from his eyes whiter than snow. Okay. Verse 8. Make me to hear joy and gladness and be satisfied. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my guilt and iniquities. Okay. Colossians chapter 2. Um, Just listen to it. Just because of this word blotting out. Keep your finger there and just quickly jump to Colossians chapter 2. The more I preach, the more hungry I get to preach. Okay, Colossians chapter 2. It says, uh, verse 13, And you who were dead in the trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God brought to life together with Christ, having freely forgiven us all our transgressions. Man, you're forgiven. Having canceled, blotted out, wiped away the handwriting of the note with its legal decrees and demands, which was in and stood against us, hostile to us. This note with its regulations, decrees and demands, he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross. Okay. He blotted it out. He blotted out your transgressions. Okay. Let's just return to it. This is... Uh, uh, Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my guilt and iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right, persevering and steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, not a heart that is constantly accusing me, not a heart that is always aware of my sin. Do you know that that the sacrifices of the old brings a fresh remembrance of sin Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 and 2 always a fresh remembrance of sins to be atoned for and you are never free you're always condemned the more you try to, to to fix it the worse it becomes but you stand before God his blood cleanses you washing of the water by the wood his word sword coming in his uh, his word pruning coming in it removes all that stuff and you're not aware of it anymore and that's God's judgment to those who believe. He prunes all the bad stuff that anyone could be judged for. He just sifts it out and he removes it and you're clean and pure and blameless. So let him correct you. <laughs> Despise not the chastening of the Lord. Okay. Okay. Create me a clean heart O God and renew a right persevering steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Okay, John 6, 37. Those who come to me, I will never cast away. Okay. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your way and sinners shall be converted and return to you. So that's God's heart. He doesn't want to just destroy sinners and push them into the ground. He wants them to return to the Lord. He wants them to come to Mount Zion. Look at the woman caught in the act of adultery, John 8. He, he said, He set her free and he forgave her. He set her free, caught in the act. And, but the, the rebuke went out to the accusers. Okay. He set her free. Okay. <sighs> Deliver me from blood guiltiness and death, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Your rightness and your justice. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you delight not in sacrifice, or else I would give it. Matthew 9, Matthew 12. Sacrifices I have not desired, but I desire mercy. You find no pleasure in burnt offerings my sacrifice the sacrifice acceptable to god is a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart broken down with sorrow for sin and humbly and thoroughly penitent such a god you will not despise so you just before God say lord this is me this is who i am i'm just honest before you help me save me and he, he will not despise that he will never cast you away do good in your good pleasure to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Man, if you have time, go just read uh, Isaiah fifty eight, you will be called repairer, repairer of the breach and restorer of streets to dwell in. Then will you delight in the sacrifices of righteousness, just justice and right with burnt offering and a whole burnt offering, then bullocks will be offered to your altar. Okay. Ezekiel thirty six. I just want you to see the parallel between Ezekiel 36 and Psalm 51. I'm not going to read the whole thing. (laughs) Let's see where I'm going to start. Let's start in verse 25. Ezekiel thirty-six. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you. Remember Hebrews chapter ten. Ten sprinkled with clean water, having our consciences cleansed from the guilty hearts, cleansed from guilty, guilty evil consciences. The body is cleansed with pure water. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. O oh Lord, wash me, and I shall be clean. Psalm fifty-one. And from all your idols will I cleanse you so anything you put in your heart that that you look at instead of the face of Jesus that means the surface reflection which means your own sin is an idol which means your own sacrifices to try and atone for your sin is an idol which means that your own confession of sins can become an idol. If you try to do it everything by the law, you see only see on the surface, and you see a reflection of yourself. Or if you trust in any other image or any other name, it's an idol. Okay. So he's removing that from you and he's, he's cleansing it from you so that all you can see is his face. Okay. He says i will cleanse you from your idols verse 26 a new heart will i give you and a new spirit oh lord creating me a new spirit and a clean heart <laughs> a new heart will i give to you a new spirit will i put within you and i will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh okay our letters are not written with ink our letter of commendation 2nd corinthians 3 verse 2 but Uh, You are our letters of commendation. Not written with ink, not written with tables of stone, but written on the fleshy tables of your heart. So when we preach this gospel, you listening to me bearing fruit is the letter of commendation. When we see the fruit, when we see the glory of God shining out of your life, it is a testimony to the truth of what we are preaching. Okay, it says, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Okay, he he puts his spirit in us. So so it is the spirit of life which dwells in us, the indwelling Christ. Okay, and you shall heed my ordinances and do them. So we can't touch on it today, but uh, Jeremiah 31, Hebrews 8, Hebrews 10, uh, I will write my laws in their hearts and minds and their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Okay. You shall dwell in the land that I gave you to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call forth the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine on you. Oh, wow. So we do not prosper when... We conceal things from God, says Psalm 32. But he says, "Man, I will make your grain to be abundant, so it will affect your finances. A clear, unshaken, conscious conscience, totally open before God, totally clear before God, and you fear. Nothing evil from God. You've, you just know that when he knows you through and through, his blood just cleanses you all out and he forgives you all. He washes you continuously, cleanse His heart is to make you in his image, okay, to present you holy and blameless and spotless. So totally open for it will affect your finances. It will cause your grain to be in abundance. Joel chapter 2, uh, your, your threshing floor will overflow. It will cause you to, to prosper. Okay. I'll call forth call for the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine on you. Now I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that you may no more suffer the reproach and disgrace of famine among the nations then you shall earnestly remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and the abominable deeds. Okay, so we've spoken about this. you, You remember it, you bring it before God and it's gone. Okay, for your sake I do this, says the Lord God. Let that be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your own wicked ways, O house of Israel. He's speaking to the old guys, old covenant. Thus says the Lord God, in the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will also cause Israel's cities to be inhabited and the waste places shall be rebuilt. Again, Isaiah 55, restorer of streets to dwell in. And the desolate land shall be tilled, that which lain desolate in the sight of all who passed by. And they shall say, this land was desolate, has become like the garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are fortified and inhabited. Then the nations that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and replanted that which was desolate, and the Lord have spoken it and I will do it. Same as in Psalm 51, verse 18. He says, Do good in your good pleasure pleasure to Zion. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Who is Jerusalem? Jerusalem is the church. God wants to rebuild your life. God wants to restore your fortune. God wants to lift you up. God wants to show forth His glory in your life. God wants you to experience His power and His goodness. Man, God wants to do good to you. Just open up. Just be transparent before God. Just let His eyes just shine through you. Show Him everything. Share everything with Him. Let Him come and comfort your heart when there's accusation. Let Him come and bring forgiveness to your life when there's self-accusation, when you feel that you're not good enough. Bring everything to Him. Stand in the light. Let Him come and show your His goodness to you and bring it to you. Let Him shine His light into you. Uh, what I what, the, the whole image that I have before me all the time is... Uh, That he is so good, that he is full of tender mercy and loving kindness, that I don't have to hide anything. I can come and look him in the eyes and be transformed into his own image, not fearing anything to be exposed in my life because he's good and his heart is to cleanse me and not to condemn me. So I I hope the heart of this message has come over. We need to be transparent before God. We need to open up before Him. May you experience His glory shining, piercing the deepest parts of your heart. Those areas that could never be reached by the light, let it go there. Those areas, the deepest parts of your shame and guilt, the deepest parts of of your hurt, of, of your injury, of of what you were a victim of the deepest parts of of what you've suffered the deepest open it all up before god he knows he understands we have a high priest that is not unable to share a feeling with us a feeling of our infirmities but he was tempted in every respect as we are yet without sin he knows he's able to run to the cry of them that are being tempted and tested and therefore uh, being exposed to suffering, that's Hebrews chapter 2. So we need to open up before Him and trust Him. Okay, don't hide anything from God. Run to Him. Let us go to the hill of the Lord and let us walk in the light. Let us dwell in the light. All right. So before, just just for the risk of having lost some of you, I want to affirm a few things jesus died for you his blood paid the full price for your sin your sins are forgiven you are washed clean standing before him if anything accuses you in your heart if there's any awareness or consciousness of sin let those facts remove it let the light shine come to him the person seek him draw near to him and he will draw near to you seek him while he may be found okay <laughs> i hope i hope you've received something i hope you got something in that All right so uh, may you experience everything that he has for you so uh, i'm just going to pray for us and then i'm going to end this this service uh with a song and please don't tune, don't switch off before you've completed listening to this song um i i want you to listen to it and i want you your hearts to be touched by this song all right so lord jesus i thank you for your grace i thank you for your power i thank you for your goodness oh father i pray Let your light shine into the deepest parts of our nature in in our lives. Lord, here we are. We stand before your throne. Uh, We just pray. Let the power and the fire and the glory of God burn in us. Lord, let your truth come to us. Let your mysteries be revealed to us. Lord, we want to know you. We want to be clean. We want to be holy and blameless in manifestation also. And we pray that the truth of the gospel will be fully manifested in us. That the truth of your gospel fully transform us by the renewal of our minds. We pray that every person will be touched in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.